Lord, for helping us to understand who you are. You're a good God. You're a great God. Your mercy endures forever. And it is from everlasting to everlasting that you are our God. You're our maker and our creator, creator of all things, Lord. And we thank you for it and we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> so I want everybody to pray for Princess. Amen. Their little neck would be in here, but we have the collar. Amen. So um, she has some allergies uh, because of the breed of dog that she is. And so um, little Shannon's been working diligently to get her the kind of food um, she needs so that, you know, she won't be. But we need to curse these allergies. Amen. So, Father in heaven, we take authority over these allergies right now in the name of Jesus. We curse them at the root. We say they have no ground to remain in her body. And we thank you, Lord, that she is allergy-free. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, the Bible says that uh, everything we own is blessed. <clears throat> not cursed our animals are blessed our our uh pets are blessed of course they don't act like it sometimes you know miss coco tears up but we working on it i she's a she's a rescue we working on it so praise the lord <laughs> amen so it's a good thing it's a good thing to bless and speak well over what god has given us to possess so if you bless it it'll increase Whatever is good on it will increase, and whatever is not good will remove itself from that thing. So if you bless it, it'll it'll uh, increase in goodness and, and in what God has for us in it. So, <clears throat> so we're in um, <clears throat> chapter 4 of our book, starting on page 45, and we're talking about the gift of healing. Um, <clears throat> in the Bible, it speaks of gifts of healings. And so, amen. So there's more than one gift uh, to heal people. There may be a gift for specific uh, things. You might find that when you pray for people <clears throat> and laying hands on the sick and being obedient to the Great Commission, you may find that certain kinds of diseases bow very quickly to your prayer. You got it? You might find that. You might find so that is a healing gift. It's really something that uh, God has deposited in your spirit and ease with which you can attack certain things and bring them into submission. From uh, uh, over the years, God has helped me to understand this um, <clears throat> because there are certain things that are common to people. You know, some of the more common ailments he will gift you and just you know whenever you speak against that thing it'll bow you got me so with me it, it was a uh, pain was something that um, God showed me very early in ministry that I could take authority over pain and it would leave immediately the same thing with back and in any kind of uh, bone conditions they seem to go very quickly and in some and some go through the working of miracles but that's a healing gift as well. If there's a, a place where you have to work the anointing into a person and get them to exercise their faith a little bit more so that that healing can manifest, God will work that way as well. The other thing was shrinking of tumors. When we were just new in the ministry, 
you know, we, he would have me uh, lay hands on women that had tumors and they'd go check themselves and come back and they'd be gone. And so these are things we need to understand are available to us. If you will make yourself available to God <clears throat> and live for him, you know, now this doesn't happen for people who live sloppy. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you, you're with God and sometimes you're not. This is for devoted people, for the bride, you know, for the one who's uh, sold out to her groom. Uh, these gifts are, this for the church, you know, it's not for, you know, you, sometimes you can tell <clears throat> in people's lives whether they're really focused in on God and given over to God one way that you know people um uh have faith for healing is they get up and do something with it if you never get up and do anything with the knowledge you have you're not a believer you're just listening now it's good to listen don't get me wrong but there's listening and there's listening some people listen in a very superficial manner and it it goes in their head and goes out. You got me? It's like a like science class where you sit and you take notes until the exam and then somebody comes up to you 4 weeks later and says, "Now, can I ask you a question about this chapter in the book?" And you say, "What chapter? What book?" This ain't like that. This is real life. So when the Bible talks about our developing our faith and hearing the word, it means to do it diligently. That word dil- diligence is from the Latin word meaning <coughs> student. Part of that is is to be studious. Okay, and so uh, <coughs> and it, it it means to be avid about it. It means to be sincere. And to go about it in a studious, avid, and sincere way. In other words, to go after it. Now, <clears throat> when I say go after stuff, most of y'all know what I'm talking about. Because we, we're bold people. We go after stuff that don't belong to us. Amen. Or ouch, one of the two. I don't care what y'all say. But you know it's the truth. When you really want something... No devil in hell and no angel in heaven can keep you from getting it. If you make up your mind, and you, oh, that's mine. He the one. That's mine. Can't tell me he ain't for me. Huh? And off we go in pursuit. Huh? Let me get in the right. Where is it? I ain't sure where the right spot is yet. Park right here for a minute. No, that ain't the right one. <laughs> Brother Lee looked at me like, I'm, I'm taking my notes. I'm being good. <laughs> I ain't the one either. Huh? But you know what I mean. We all know the difference between casual and zealous and intense and intent upon getting something. And so when you go after the knowledge of God, you have to be intent upon getting it. You you can't settle for just a superficial understanding and, and something to quote to your religious friends so y'all can play them religious Christian games, you know? <clears throat> you got to produce the fruit. You know, if you're the bride and you're, you're betrothed to the Lord, he wants us to be productive for him and bear fruit for him. All of those those uh, images apply when you when you are when you love someone, you want to have their children. 
You got me? That's just a normal, natural way for human beings to respond to one another. And when you love the Lord, you want to produce fruit for him. You got to show him something. And so part of what we show is what we can produce it for the kingdom. What, what, what can we sow out there that will bring fruit back and fruit that will remain that will give him glory? Amen. That will cause people to look up and see, well, Jesus really is alive. He really is real. I can remember my nephew, Stephen. And, uh, you know, I told you before the testimony about his foot that had been, uh, the kid said his foot had, he had got hit in a car accident or something, or leg or foot, and it never healed. And he got as far as being able to walk with a cane, and that was it. And I used to run into him every now and then. I, I had sold him a car, and he paid me everything but like $50, so he used to run from me. And I would see him, I'd say, yo, broke, bring, come here, bring me my, my yo, broke self, look at you, come here. And so he'd run for me all the time, but this time he couldn't run because he's on that cane. And I said, Stephen, come here, I got your money, I'm going to give you, no, I don't want to talk about the money, I want to pray for your foot, what are you still doing on that cane? And so when I prayed for him, <clears throat> he said that he left with the cane and he went to the mall and went in a store and left the cane in the store and got all the way to his car in the parking lot and remembered the cane. And so he said, to this day, he said, I see, when I see guys making fun of that Benny Hinn and people, I said, man, that stuff is real. You better tell. And so here's somebody who doesn't even serve God pretty much, giving glory to God through their testimony because it's real. So whenever the fruit of the gospel is produced, that in itself stands as a witness and a testimony to the reality of God. It's a hard sell without some kind of fruit. It really is. It's a very hard sell without some kind of fruit. So it says here, prophetic people must equip themselves with faith in the word of God concerning the gift of healings. This is a must for us. You've got to equip yourself with faith in the word of God concerning the gift of healings. This is part of the believer's ministry, which is part of it. You ever want to see all hell break loose against you, you start getting against disease. You start fighting disease and see if the devil don't confirm that word as well. You understand what I'm saying? God confirms it with signs following but the enemy will confirm it with some kind of persecution. You know, you can bank on it. He said, because the prophet's office is traditionally used to teach and train ministers and workers in the ministry, it is expected that the prophet would equip himself first and his people with the faith to pray for the sick and believe for their recovery. The prophet sees healing as a mandate and not an option. It's a mandate and not an option. Which brings me to one of my pet peeves with the modern day office of the prophet. For some reason, prophets feel that giving prophecy is the extent of that office. I think prophecy because... It's easy to talk. We can all talk. Amen. And so once you learn how to go down that road where God lets you in that door where you can pick up information to give to someone, 
it's easy just to keep going down that street all the time. See, there are lots of streets in the office of the prophet. There are lots of doors to the office. There's lots of abilities, and we have to make sure that we keep up with the abilities that God has commanded that we have. These are commands. These aren't options. You know, pretty soon everybody's received a word, and everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to know in God, but then what do we do with it? What do we do after we've gotten this word, and how do we apply what we know? Say God gives you a a prophecy about your ministry and all the things you're going to do for him. Well, if you're going to do these things, who's going to teach you how to do them? Who's going to train you how to do them? Where are you going to get the knowledge for the how-to from? And that's what really bugs me because people have this fascination. It's really a fortune-telling spirit that people are responding and, and getting involved in when they just want to hear about their horoscope, so to speak. It's the same kind of it's the same kind of hunger that people want to hear something about themselves. See, they don't really want to hear what God thinks about. It's like I want to hear, you know, oh yeah, uh, I, I'm, my sign. I'm a, I'm a Gemini, and, and you know we hot all over the place. You know, I mean we compatible with uh, Capricorn. And uh, they hot all over the place. You know, it's kind of like that that kind of hunger that it feeds in people. See, it feeds that fortune-telling desire where we want to, we so sometimes want to be affirmed. We so stand in a place of insecurity and in a place of uncertainty about ourselves that it's easy to pull ourselves over into that realm where we just want to hear something flattering about ourselves or that God loves us, he thinks something of us, he wants to use us, all that kind of stuff. Once that stuff starts getting fed, it's kind of hard to put a stop to it. There's some whole churches and ministries feed off of continual prophecy all the time. It's all they do is prophesy to each other. And so you have to understand that there is a lot more to the ministry that Jesus left us than the gift of prophecy. You can't make a ministry off of that. You can't make a uh, train a congregation under just continual words from the Lord all the time. There's got to be somebody to instruct them to how to get some of that to come to pass. See? If God's given you a ministry, what's that going to consist of? And, and can the prophet help you get there? That's what you want to know. You want to make sure that that person can help you get where they say you're going. I think there is a mandate on the prophet to equip people, not just hand out words and say, well, I gave you a word. You go make it happen. See, there's a mandate on all ministry gifts to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So healing, understanding healing is part of our spiritual equipment for the work of the ministry. So it is expected that the prophet would equip himself and his people with pray, faith to pray for the sick and believe for their recovery. <clears throat> Many times I've seen prophets that, that don't pick up this aspect of the believer's ministry, that don't really equip themselves. And they'll get around a prophet who is, is anointed in that realm and has equipped themselves to pray for the sick. And there's always this fighting 
this clash in the atmosphere where the person that uh, wants to kind of put down certain things and lift up certain other things, see, and and then they'll start to uh, talk about people that, you know, uh, their prophecies don't come to pass or, you know, all this put down stuff begins. And we wind up spending most of our time fighting one another, light fighting light, instead of us building one another up so that we can all do the same it's rare that you'll find ministers that will find look for somebody who's got the goods and submit to them so that they can learn. They most of them just tend to want to believe that they have it already and if they don't, you know, everybody's got this little pride thing where they don't like to submit to one another. And so what you'll find oftentimes is that the sheep have a great love for people who are anointed and who can get them healed. Whereas the ministry, the rest of the clergy and the rest of the fivefold despise them. Oral Roberts said that he he's he would minister, you know, if he was sitting on a podium, all, all the ministers, you know, they tend to sit together up on the front. And, and he would come up to minister and preach and he said he always felt daggers in his back because of the jealousy that these, instead of, you know, let me sit down here and learn something or ask this brother if he could give us as ministers some special teaching or classes or training or something so that we can receive that and pray for the sick as well it just always winds up being some kind of struggle and some kind of fight and so it's an unfortunate thing but but the and so then the minister's best hope is to train the sheep to do something because at least they're there and submitted and, and open and understanding. But many times she kind of look at things in such a superficial manner. The ones who really need it are the ministers because they're already deeply invested in God, so to speak, you know, because they have to do this for a living. Why not add to what you have already something that you lack instead of being against the guy who's paid the price to get it? And could easily impart it to you, you know. You'll see some of the ones who are, are what I call the great ones that God has elevated to a position. Like Brother Cirillo uh, oftentimes gets other ministers to come and study under him because he, he has an open school of ministry, that kind of stuff. But it's it's seldom that it happens, say, if somebody just knows somebody who's gifted in a certain realm that they will honor that and, and submit to it and come and receive it which I think that's the easiest thing in the world to do I mean that's one way God has devised for us to be equipped that's very simple you know if I invite you as a minister to come and preach in my meeting and on healing school day you come and sit in the healing school God will bless you with that understanding and that knowledge at some point and you'll be able to do that that's part of how God trains ministers you know, when they go on the road, they're, they're there to receive as well as to give, not just to give all the time. And see, this is where a lot of times ministers make their mistakes is they think they're the it factor of the whole, the whole conference and like everybody came to see them and they don't think they can ever humble themselves and receive anything from anybody who's there. And so instead of, you know, the back room where the ministers go and and sit after the meeting gets to be where most of the sin is spread around you know get to gossiping about each other and telling lies and stuff you know instead of breaking the alabaster box 
You got me? So that the ointment of the Holy Spirit can permeate the place and people can get what they need and go out strengthened instead of the next time you hear about them, they've made some mistake and got caught doing something they're not supposed to do because all they ever pick up is junk from one another. Got me? See, when we get together, we should build one another up. These meetings should be edifying to your spirit. You know, it's encouraging to yours. You should go out so charged up to do and to conquer what's out there. You know, not fearful the way you came in, but you go out to conquer and to overcome and to impart, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, all of those things. This is what we do as believers. But so often believers' meetings get to be just just go, you know, instead of go there expecting to receive something from God and go out with a new determination to overcome this horrible world that we we have to face every day. You know, you can face it with the power of God and, and to really do something to make make a difference. I mean, everybody gets a headache at work. Do you realize what you can do for God if you just got in the headache remedy business at your job? Seriously. Seriously. Everybody gets bad news every day. What you could do to just just pass the peace around. Whatever. You you see what I'm saying? Just impart God's peace to people. And and it's so much more beneficial to the world that the believers step into that place where we're supposed to be and occupy that place where there's a missing ingredient and that's the love of God and the power of God. And see, prophetic people are equipped with that anointing. You know what it's going to take for people to, to feel better, do better, get better. You know everything it takes for them. And it's up to you to cultivate that relationship with God where you have an unction to step up in faith and and bring the goods, you got me, and get the job done. And so we have that mandate as believers to not let the sick go still sick, you got me? When you meet the sick, that you pray for them. And, and, you know, there's a way you can get anybody to let you pray for them, you know. I mean, there's some people that just say no because they're scared and they got devils, and we understand that. But I, what I used to do, uh, to be honest with you, when, when my husband was still alive and he didn't want to serve God, I just kept his devils bound all the time. Think I'm going to go in there and let them loose on me and i got to put up with all that nonsense? I had that brother so bound he had to raise his hand to go to the bathroom. Oh, it's an old joke. Whatever. But anyway, <laughs> so to speak. But you don't let the devil just run around and bark at you and, and mouth back at you and nonsense. You don't have to put up with that nonsense. You take authority over that and you bind that before you even get in that atmosphere. And pretty soon all they want to do is for you to lay hands on pray for them and that kind of thing because you know they've they've got some help to get away from that so it's a good thing you go in these situations and you 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 know all of you grandmothers ought to be laying hands on your grandchildren you know don't take any lip from your kids either tell these this is my seed i'm praying for it don't tell me have me arrested i don't care kick me out 
but you know let those children get benefit of 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 what you've paid the price to get from god so it's it's a good thing folks it's a good thing so the healing gifts are part of the prophet's equipment and part of the equipment of prophetic people don't skip over that like it's not necessary and you want to go witness to somebody and tell them about the wonderful god you serve we have to be able to demonstrate who that God is and what he can do. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Paris, come up here for a minute. Brother, Brother Perry. Brother Paris, Brother Paris. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> you know, the Lord has been speaking to me about... Um, your desire to see people well and god is saying this he says that he said don't get discouraged and don't quit don't quit on what i put in you to for you to see people be well because that is me moving you and i have i can do great things with you through this because it's something that you just accept as a right of every individual to be free of pain, to be free of uh, discomfort, disease. Uh, and he's saying he's, he, if you will stay with him in this, he'll, he'll answer some of the questions that you have about the realm of healing and, and how it happens. And he's going to open a great understanding to you. Um, but he's saying it seems that the enemy tries to rob you of this um, in different ways, in ways that maybe uh, you get distracted or if you have questions, you're not sure about the answers and you back off a little bit or retreat a little bit. And the Lord is saying that I have all the answers. Uh, you'll get all the answers, says the Lord, and you'll be able to go forth in, in greater boldness and greater power uh, than you can imagine, says the Lord. He said, because this hunger to see people well is part of my spirit drawing you in a compassion and a mercy, but also a power, says the Lord, that you, you do long for the power. He said, you have the compassion and the mercy, and you desire to see these things happen, he said, but you're not certain that the power's there. And that's where the enemy's trying to rob you. And he says that it's there, says the Lord. It's there. 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 See, why would God hire us to do a job and not equip us? See, the, the enemy likes to, he'll play with us with stuff like that and try to make us think that the thing that we really, really want to do for God, we can't do it because. It's always some because. He's a liar, man, and the father of lies. Amen. Praise God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
I mean, there are people dying of this flu thing now. You know, you see how the flu's gotten worse. Everything in the realm of health and, and uh, protection from illness is, is intensifying. And when, when the body of Christ sees uh, simple things, common things like a cold, go kill somebody and it's getting worse and worse and now everybody's afraid there's not enough back all this kind of stuff and and so we need to intensify our resolve to eradicate these things it's with a simple prayer and a simple touch folks that's all it takes and be consistent in it <clears throat> praise god it's a good thing and we are equipped we are equipped all you're doing when you pray and study the word you're sharpening your equipment what's what you're doing you're sharpening your equipment man and it, because it's there even if you the anointing's there just in a, a little small amount that has to grow through use or has to grow through uh, refining it through the word and getting more understanding of the word it's still there it's still there in a Our church doesn't do that, you know. You're either the church or you're not. And the church does that. So if you're not the church, say you're not the church and we'll move on. But if you're the church, then you need to be doing this. So you're called to do this. It's not an option. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you one big secret and key to receiving all of the gifts is worshiping God. Worshippers get gifts. They always get gifts. You spend time in God's presence, talking to Him and extolling Him and lifting Him up, blessing Him, praising His name. He give you anything you want. Huh? Amen. He's better than a good husband, so to speak. <laughs> I give you anything you want, and then some. So, prophetic people, we have to meet the challenge of study, prayer, and dedication to the Word that will allow the manifestation of the gifts of healing. But just know that they are there. When the unction moves, when the Holy Spirit moves on you with the unction to lay hands on someone, then the gifts are there. You don't have to, you know, keep looking at them to see if they look better or anything. Just Pray for them. Go about your business and quit staring them to death. <clears throat> See, looking back is not faith, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's doubt. <laughs> Got them doubting eyes on people. Now, I check with people to see if it's done any good. And if it hasn't, I pray again. I keep working at it. You got me? And so, I mean, if you're not going to do something with your look, don't look. Just let God work. <laughs> the ministry of the prophet has always been known for the gifts of healings from Moses and Abraham to Jesus and his disciples God's always had a covenant of healing with his people for he says I am the Lord that healeth thee he am the Lord he was the Lord he still am the Lord that healeth thee Amen. Naaman the leper was healed because his wife's maid spoke with certainty 
that the prophet of God could heal him. You got me? There has to be a certain faith has a certainty about it. It's no iffy wishy. And you, you know, of all the people that we know as prophets, I bet you can't name any of them really too much that are known for their healing gifts or healing ability. It's the same old thing in the church. People go with go half equipped and think they've got it all. You got me? And they get in trouble over it because people expect to see more. They expect more. And then they're put on the spot to get somebody healed and they can't do it because they haven't paid the price and studied and made that a part of what they expect God to do. Haven't sharpened their their uh, instrument. So he was healed because of that. Prophetic people pray for the sick, lay hands on the sick, and accomplish the ministry of Jesus. This is a must if you're a prophetic person. You've got to do the ministry of Jesus. William Branham was a prophet called by God through an angelic visitation in which he was instructed not to drink or smoke or defile his body, for God had a work for him to do. In other words, if you stay away from certain things, you'll remind yourself you belong to God. Got me? It's a constant reminder. I don't do that anymore because I belong to God. And so he said he was converted at the age of 22 after a short career as a boxer. Interesting, huh? <laughs> Branham began as a Baptist minister, but left and began healing and evangelistic services that lasted until his death in 1965. He is called the father of the modern-day healing revival that merged into the Word of Faith movement of today. His ministry typically utilized the gift of the Word of Knowledge to use as a point of contact in which people would release their faith to be healed. Now, the Word of Knowledge oftentimes would operate in such a way that people um, say for instance if a person was was um, needing something from God gifts come to break down barriers you see Jesus use it over and over again the woman at the well you know you, you know you've had five husbands and the one you're with isn't your husband that kind of thing words of knowledge disarm you got me? It takes their defenses away from them because they're stuck with their mouths open, hanging open, and then the anointing can come in and do the rest of the work. Amen? So they know a certainty. They know that nobody could know that information except God. You got me? Now, familiar spirits have some, but they don't know it with the truth, the anointing, and the impact that God's words are known. Got me? Plus, we serve the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Oftentimes, familiar spirits work in their realm, which is the dead zone. And so if you want to hear, know where a body's buried or where somebody's, you know, departed uncle can talk to them, that's, that's what that thing does. And so there's a difference in the realm. There's a difference in the fruit. There's a difference in the um, atmosphere that that type of a word creates. 
but it totally takes away the defenses and the unbelief of the person that's hearing. And that was Branham's way that he went about getting people's confidence to, to know. And he'll say, well, now I've told you that. Do you believe I'm a prophet of God and that God has sent me and I can do? And that day they needed that because there was so much unbelief and there was so little power of God around. You had to pretty much convince people that God sent you and prove and show your credentials and then you moved in and got them well. But with the word of faith movement now, everybody knows some scripture. Everybody can believe God somewhat for certain things. And so it's a lot more um, believable now because we live in an atmosphere now where there's a free freedom of the word being preached and, and an increase in the word being preached so that it's it's there's not as much resistance in the atmosphere anymore. The resistance is mostly in the people, you know, because <laughs> a lot of times they just don't want God messing in their mix, you know. But oftentimes you can get people, uh, especially if they come to you requesting, that's always an open door for God to move. Uh, sometimes people request you to pray for them and you didn't even know you we're so anointed you got me and so that's that's often the open door that you need and then their faith is extended so their faith is mixed in with your faith and your gift and you can get the job done amen so William Branham was the father of the modern healing movement and he was a prophet so you see that prophets are often used to bring uh, current revelation and truth to each generation God says, I will do nothing except I reveal the secret to my servants, the prophets. And so they will bring modern day revelation in so that the generation on the earth now can receive that information. So whenever the healing uh, gifts go dormant, you know, there's a, a dry spell. God will start to raise up prophets with that message and that anointing who can take the message to the people and demonstrate with power in the anointing that God is with them and that God is healing and God will heal. So that's that's how that goes. So as prophetic people then, there's a mandate on you to develop your spirit with the healing knowledge and, and the boldness and the confidence that God will heal. Not because it's you, but because, and sometimes if you take you out of it, that gets rid of most of your hindrance in your unbelief because <laughs> we don't feel anointed all the time and we don't feel wonderful all the time but God will still use us because that's what he desires to do so we equip ourselves and we pay the price and we do what we need to do so that we can always be ready to bless people and to pray for the sick amen so why don't we stop Father we thank you for the ability and the knowledge amen and the understanding of what it takes to be ministers of healing in this earth. And we bless you and we thank you for that. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.